Welcome to the SMW Podcast. This is where warriors share their stories and their knowledge on the art of steel mace training. Today's podcast sponsor is Primal Flow. And we thank you for providing a better listening experience for our listeners. You can find out more about Primal Flow by visiting www.primalflowmovement.com. What's up, everyone? The Still Base Warrior podcast is back. And of course, I was going to get like the best guest for the season. And today we have Lionel, Coach Lionel from Lion Strong. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really, really appreciate you being here. I know that, you know, you're super busy. I see what you're doing at your gym and it's just ridiculously amazing, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm having fun over here. So right on. All right. So, you know, this podcast is all about still mace. I don't know if you've heard the, you know, the episodes before, but obviously oh, the very first question I ask is, you know, what was your journey towards the still mace? Like, where did you start in fitness? And then how did that lead you? over to still mace training oh man so we want to go that far huh yeah i mean i <laughs> okay. was i was reading your bio on your website and i definitely want to go as far back as high school that's cool with you the skinny the skinny <laughs> that's, kid that's totally fine yeah that's totally fine when i graduated high school i was 118 pounds you know wow. the whopping just massive monster right walking around you know, <laughs> everybody wanted to pick on because i was just you know skin and bones pretty much yeah and, I didn't want to be the skinny kid anymore. So right after graduation, um, I'm going to date myself here. I went to service merchandise. If anybody remembers that place, you know, um, up in the East Coast, there was a whole bunch of them. Um, and I went and picked up a Marcy bench set, you know, the little plastic weights with the cement inside, you know, right along on. with the little bench and everything else, right? I bought that thing, not having any idea how I'm going to get it home, but I ended up having a couple of people help me get it to the house. And I set that up and I went to work, right? I was determined I'm going to work out. I'm going to get strong. I'm going to get big. Within a month, I mean, that thing was too little for me to use anymore. And I had no idea what to do. Wow. And just, you know, it's always amazing when you're ready, what you need always shows up, right? Yeah. Um, when you're ready for that teacher, you know what I mean? When you're ready to get to that next level, whoever you need to get you there is going to show up. The question is, are you going to actually take the steps and go forward? Or are you going to find an excuse not to, you know? I've always listened. So when things came up, I never understood. I never really knew how I was going to. I just knew that I was going to. And so um, after I ran out of, you know, weights and everything else, I'm realizing I can't do this. I'm like, I have to find another way. That same day, I'm running, um, you know, a couple of miles away from my house and I'm running past this gym that just opened up a month prior. It was a Nautilus gym. It was brand new. It was super expensive and super oh. fancy, right? You know, that was the rage back in the days, you know? Yeah. And as I'm running by the door, there was a sign on the window that says 30 days for $30. It was never there before. It was only there for one day. And I just happened to see it when it was there. I stopped, went right inside, signed up because I could afford $30. Right. You know? I mean, at the time, I'm 16 years old. I just out of high school, right? I'm trying to, trying to, you know, trying to work and save money so I can pay for college and trying to get all these other things, right? I don't have a car. I don't have a driver's license. Yet. I don't have any of those things. So I bet I knew I was determined I'm going to do things. And, um, you know, when that opened up, I'm like, I can afford that. I went in. I signed up and I worked out that first day. When I came back the next day, the owner, and I didn't realize he was the owner of the place, stopped me and he started asking me questions about why I was training so hard and that he saw a look on my face that he hadn't seen in too many people, except for a couple wow. of pro bodybuilders, you know? 
And um, he said, why am I training so intensely? And if you saw him and what he looked like, that question was kind of like, why are you even asking? You know, because this guy was shorter than I was, but he couldn't fit through a regular door unless he went (laughs) sideways because he was massive, you know? And I'm like standing there, this little stick standing in front of this guy asking me, why am I training so hard? And I kind of looked down at myself and I looked up at him. I looked at myself again and I looked at him and I said, are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) you know i said are you really asking me this like do you see what i look like or am i the only one that sees this little skinny thing you know he goes no i see exactly what you look like i said okay well i don't want to be this anymore and i want to be better and no so i'm training because i want to be better and he goes okay i can help you and i'm like uh uh, Mr. I couldn't even afford to pay for this place to come in here. So I don't know how you're going to help me. And his response, like really set the tone for a lot of things for me and helped me realize, right? Ask the right questions. And what I like, think a lot of people do wrong when they're presented with opportunities and things that can really impact their lives, whether it be through fitness or anything else, they come from a place where they don't have or they don't know. So they ask questions based on that instead of being open to possibilities and asking questions about where they want to go. And my question to him was, dude, I can't afford this. I can't afford to pay for this. So how am I going to work with you? And his response to me was absolutely mind boggling. And his first question was, did I ask you for any money? I said, no. I said, so then why are you telling me about what you don't have? How did that I make had you no feel? answer to that. Oh my God. I felt like this big. I felt like a little <laughs> flat, you know, like, oh man, I just got stepped on. I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I apologize. I didn't mean to offend. He goes, no, I'm not offended. It's just that you're asking the wrong question. Wow. You're answering something that I didn't even ask about. First lesson, right? Yeah. Huge lesson. That literally helped change the course of my life, you know? Because then the next thing that he proceeded to do was said, I like what I see in you. This is my gym. I own this space so I can do what I'd like. And I like what I see in you. And I'd like to help you develop that. And I was like, okay, how are we going to do that? I said, now that's the right question. And then we proceeded from there. And he laid out a set of rules for me and things that he asked me to do. Right, Because he's like, I'm not going to do this for nothing. You're going to pay for this, but not in the way you think. Because I'm thinking, I don't have money. I can't afford to pay more than $30 to come to this place. So there's no way I'll be able to pay him for anything. But what he offered was, listen, there's different currencies. It's not always about cash. I'm not asking you for money. What I am asking in return are these things. Are you willing to do that? If you are, I'll work with you. If you're not, no problem blew my mind, completely changed my perspective on things. So from that moment on, I think everything I did in life changed because of that conversation. Because whenever I approach any kind of subject or anything, right, that requires huge investments, and especially when I don't have it, I never go in thinking I can't afford this because I don't have the money. I always go in thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to figure it out. There's got to be a way. There's always an alternative if you're willing to find it. And so that served me greatly because there's plenty of times when opportunity showed up and on the surface, it looked impossible, but then something always materialized right beforehand. And then it just happened and continued. So, you know, little lesson that I got from John, but yeah, he changed my life. And with working with me, he made sure I understood a few things. 
one, I wasn't allowed to do what everybody else was in the gym. So I couldn't touch the weights. I couldn't touch the different things. It was crazy. Like <laughs> we're in a bodybuilding gym and I never touched a single piece of equipment. Fast forward, right? Um, I, I'm going to be 53 this year. And I didn't bench press until I was 46 years old. What? That's crazy. And I walked into this guy's gym at 16. Wow. Okay. So 30 years later is when I finally did my first bench press. Wow. 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 Isn't that the staple that everybody does when they go to the gym? Yeah. I literally wasn't allowed. And he did such a great job, like turning me off to that, that I literally never looked for that. And that kind of gave me the love for alternative ways, right? Learning how to move, learning how to actually control my body, learning how to just get stronger without trying to get humongous. And he said something else to me at that time that was also super powerful, right? And, um, you know, because I said, I want to get big. And he said, you don't just want to get big. You, wanna, you don't want to just have muscles. You want to be able to use them. Yes. You know, because he said, you want to look like me? I said, yeah. He goes, no, you don't. Oh, wow. Because if you look like me, you're going to have to move like me. And that's not very good. So he's kind of talking about bodybuilding and how that's not very functional, right? Yeah. I mean, he literally told me, you don't want to look like me because if you do, you can't move. what an honest guy oh okay so he said i'm going to teach you how to look like you and be strong like me his words wow so changed my whole paradigm about training and working out and developing muscles and all that kind of stuff so i think that's fast forward 36 years or 37 years later i'm not here you know still remembering everything that he's done and helping me like move forward. So it's pretty cool. Now, are you still in contact with him? No, um, oh. I lost contact with him about oh, 15 years back or so. You know, okay. I'm not sure where he's at. I've actually tried looking up, looking him up, you know, uh, was hoping I'd find him through Facebook and all that, but hasn't been successful. So I really don't know what yeah. happened to him. It was a while you know? ago. If yeah. he could see what he created and what he built right now. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's an incredible story. Yeah. Wow. wow. That man had no idea how much he was impacting my life, you know, and I had no idea how much he was going to impact my life either. And I'm so grateful that I just, you know, stopped being prideful and just listened and followed instructions. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you learned some, some, uh, I guess some uh, ways to be a better coach too, right? Cause that's, that's yeah. a good attribute to have as a coach. Yeah. As a trainer. I mean, I just literally every, it's funny because my, that actually is what got me to start training. And it wasn't because I wanted to, it was simply because everyone was asking me to. So now fast forward, like a month later, I'm on the block and everybody's asking me, dude, what are you doing? And you look incredible. Like what's going on? I'm like, I'm just going over here training with this guy. It's like, what are you doing? Can you show me what to do? I, I wow. want to work out with you. Can you show me what to do? So these guys all had the same stuff I had, the little benches and the this and the that. And I'm like, uh, we don't use any of that. Come, let me show you what I'm doing. And it just started crazy. that way. That's <laughs> and, crazy. And I spent my entire life coaching people, not really thinking that I'm coaching. I'm just, oh, you want to know what I do? Come, let me show you. And then I work with you. And I literally taught them what I was taught exactly the same way. And I just continued on and on and on. And as I kept learning more and understanding more, I could teach more because I understood more. And the more I understood, the easier it was now to reframe what I was learning so that they can get it faster and they can get it better. And it was making sense to all the people that I was talking to, whether I was dealing with someone older, younger, didn't make any difference. You know, I could speak in a language that they understood and it made sense to them and therefore they performed and they got better. 
But the entire time, I actually never saw myself as a trainer. It was just, that's just, just what I do. I help people. It you know, if they ask me, I'll help them. And, you know, what, what started changing is that people were coming up to me, asking me, like, look, I will pay you to do this for us. And I'm like, I don't want to take your money for this. I'll do it just because, you know, they're like, no, 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 no. We won't feel comfortable. You putting the time and effort doing this. We have to pay you. So I was like, all right, pay me whatever you want. You know, because I did it again. That was never my intent was never to go into this as a profession ever. Mm-hmm. It's just something I did because I just did it. I've just literally been doing it for the last 37 years now. Wow. <laughs> that's know? that's crazy. <laughs> that's cra- It's crazy how things just happen in life. Yeah, it is. And I went through all different directions. I pursued what I thought was what I was supposed to do, you know, and it really like came to light. Um, I think about 11 years ago now um, where it was kind of made clear to me that, yeah, dude, your path that you're on isn't really the path that you think you're on, you know, like, <laughs> this is really what it should be and why. And it was kind of a big revelation at that time, right? Because, you know, I'm, I'm a certified life coach. So um, when I started doing that, like with life coaching and business coaching, I realized something very quickly working with clients that these people had like a whole lot of things going on, but none of them were taking care of their health. Hmm. And I was like, okay, you come into me to try to get your mindset right, but you're not doing the things that's basic for you to be able to continue doing that. You need to take care of your health. So I've made it a requirement if I'm going to work with somebody that they had to start a physical fitness program. I didn't care what you did. You just need to be active. And you couldn't just tell me that you were being active. You had to prove it to me. And so uh, if you didn't have a gym membership, I required you to sign up for one and show me your contract or something <laughs> like that. Right? Yeah. Or, you know, sign up with a trainer and like introduce me to him. I mean, literally, I made people actually start physical fitness program. And because of that, they were getting better results and things were, you know, sticking. Um, and I started having people that were local to me working with me. And when I told them to start a physical fitness program, they just turned around and said, well, why don't you train us? And I was like, oh, okay, sure. And that started that way. And he was doing one of those sessions, right? A few years into it, that one of them said, you know, you know, this is what you should be doing. You do this so well, like, this is what you should be doing. And he clicked that, yeah. oh, wow, I can make a bigger impact actually working with them on that and still getting their mindset to change, right? Instead of actually trying to approach it from the mindset perspective and really having to go backwards to get the physical going. And I made the decision right then and there that, okay, this is all I'm going to do. But what was crazy, and I know this is going to sound bad, right? The entire time, you know, um, all, all those years, I never wanted to pursue this as a profession because I never wanted to be called a trainer. And the reason why is because what I saw from trainers around me isn't something I wanted to be. I don't think that sounds you know, bad at all. I saw a lot of people that, well, I mean, it's, some people may not like it when they hear it, but you know. It makes sense though. Just a, Listen, listening to your story, it makes total sense. Yeah, because what I saw right, with most trainers, I didn't want to be that because they didn't care about their clients. They were just, you know, I mean, like... The things they were having people do didn't make any sense. They didn't really know what their stuff did. I mean, there was just so many things that I saw that just didn't resonate with me. So to think that I would be called that, that was a problem for me. I didn't mm. want to be in that position. And so I wanted to be different. But what I realized is that I am a trainer. And if I'm going to be one, I need to be the best one that I could possibly be so that I don't get lumped into the same, you know, wording so to speak as everybody else so it was right. important for me to differentiate myself from that you know 
Right. So right. once I made the decision, I jumped in head first, never looked back. Yeah, which actually makes me want to talk about how a lot of the stuff I read off your website, but you mentioned that you've done like every sport. You've yep. tried almost all fitness modalities. I mean, I yep. think that says a lot in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, it was it was one of those, like, I never got caught up into the I'm a blank and I'm only yeah. doing blank, right? Because I realized something. Every There's a reason why people play, you know, sports and you have so many different modalities and so many different things and you have elite athletes in all of them. It's because they work. They actually provide something of value. They actually provide something that's good. Doesn't mean that one is better than the other. It's just they're simply different. So what I wanted to find out is, okay, well, what makes this, what's the difference between this one and this one? And how can someone benefit from, you know, this one versus that? And so it really got me intrigued. So I started training in different modalities and I started realizing that number one, they all share the same damn basis, right? Which is movement. You know, if you yeah, move yeah. well, it doesn't really matter what you do, that's gonna be important. But what I also saw is that there was a huge disparity, not in the modalities, but in the way people moved within those modalities. You had some that were absolute sticklers for moving correctly and actually perfecting, you know, how the body responds to stuff. And then you have all the outliers who really didn't care. They just wanted to pick up heavy weights. And right. that's all that mattered, you know? And it was kind of like important to be able to, you know, very quickly distinguish between who's who stay away from the outliers, find the ones that actually cared about everything else and learn as much as I could from them, you know? And so yeah. what I got from that experience is that I learned from moving different ways and trying different things that there are benefits to every single mode of training, but there are also downsides to every single mode of training. And so how could I set out to create something that's gonna be better, so to speak, if I can incorporate a little bit of the best that I've learned from everything and put it together in a way that makes sense and is fun and exciting, then people can just enjoy. You don't have to be a this or that or another. You can just play and have fun. So I yeah, set yeah. out to create an adult playground, you know? <laughs> that's I think that's awesome. what I have. <laughs> I love that, an adult playground. So let's talk about your adult playground and how you integrate still mace. How do you, how do you like, oh, how do you play goodness. with that tool? And, and what's the downside? Cause you just mentioned there's a downside to everything. And I've never heard anyone say that. So let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the, the downside to all the different things that I found is that you can get caught up into training and moving your body in a certain way that you neglect everything else about your body that makes it powerful. You know, and that's really easy to see when you find someone that's a master at one practice and that doesn't include anything else in what they do. Um, for example, I mean, I'm going to pick on, and I don't want to pick on anyone right now or anything, but <laughs> I'm going to have to. Um, so I'm going to pick on two extremes, you know, powerlifting, which I absolutely love because there's nothing, you know, more exciting, right? Especially, you know, for males, right? About being able to pick up heavy ass weights and do some things with them, you know? especially when you can do double, triple your body weight, those kind of things, but that's just like, yeah. there's something raw and primal about that, right? Yeah. And then I'm gonna go the other extreme, like yoga, which is very Zen and very calm and bringing it in and really like design is supposed to be to help you move better and elongate your body and, you know, work on your joints and those kind of things, right? Two extremes. You know what's great about both of those things is that if you combine the two, you have a perfect mix. If you're doing one or the other alone, you are absolutely doing yourself a disservice. Because as great as it is to be able to be strong as hell and move like mountains, so to speak, if you watch most powerlifters, they move like crap. <laughs> yeah. They can lift heavy weight, 
they are strong as hell, but they move like crap. When it comes to other things that has to do with movement, they really are lacking because they don't have the range of motion. Not because they're not good athletes or strong, simply because they never train their bodies to move in those ways. So those muscles, some have outgrown and others have atrophied and they've lost the connection to be able to really get their bodies to do what they did. Doesn't mean it can't be corrected. It just means that they have to not work on it. Yeah. Now on the other extreme, right? You watch a yoga practitioner, especially one that's been doing things for a long time. You watch them get into some positions with their bodies and move in ways. You're like, man, that takes a lot of strength because I can't do that. I can't be flexible <laughs> like this, right? But here's what you also don't know is that they're in constant pain and constant discomfort because the patterns that they move in are the same year in, year out, day in, day out. So certain things that they do, they do them extremely well. You take them out of that element and have them do body weight movements, not extreme weights or whatever, that are different than what they're used to. And they struggle for the same exact reason that the power lifter struggles because they don't use those muscles in those ways. They don't engage them. They don't actually work with them. So their body starts lacking and they start experiencing different discomforts and pains, right? It could be in the hips. It could be in the shoulders. It could be this, it could be that. And things that they think are unrelated to what they're doing, but it's exactly because of what they're doing and not adding anything else to it that's causing that. And so two extremes that I just used, right? And I didn't want to pick on anyone, but that kind of had to, right? right. To, to illustrate the fact that everyone is working around with some sort of, you know, dysfunction so to speak in their body yeah yeah does it mean that it's good or bad no it's just this that's just where we are that's how we are in society we've kind of gotten to a point where if you really think about how we were meant to move in the beginning and how we move correctly well today not anywhere near the same right. right we've really declined i mean the progression of man has actually been the regression of man you know and we can change that though simply by adding more things if we look at a kid i mean to me kids man are just those are the ones that, you know, that they're, they're, they're kind of like my idol, right? Because you go in a playground, you watch the two and three-year-olds and the four-year-olds, right? And what are they doing? They're doing every damn thing you can think of. They've been rolling <laughs> yeah. around on the ground, jumping up in trees, swinging on things, twisting here and there, throwing things, running, jumping, you name it, right? They're doing it. They're moving. Yeah. And typically, unless they actually break something by hitting something, right? Or hitting themselves on something, what usually happens to them? Nothing. They just right. play. They get tired. They go to sleep. They wake up the next day. They do it again. They'll cry for a little bit. They'll cry. Well, yeah, that too. They, but, you know, mom, that's because they're hungry or they whatever. They'll get up. They get the point. Five seconds okay. later, though. Five seconds later, they're back yeah. at the playground. Yeah. Exactly. So they just play and play and play and play, and they'll do this literally every day without thinking about anything else. Because, but you know, we look at them. They're playing, but they are exercising. They are getting their bodies to do incredible things, and they're moving their bodies in all the ways they were meant to. And then some develop more abilities than others and some develop more athleticism than others. And some people realize, oh, my kid's not athletic, so I'm not gonna let them play. Worst thing you can do, let the kids play. Go out and let them get physical. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they're awkward. It doesn't matter if they're not quite getting it. Let them be physical, because they will. You may not get it the first few times they go out and do it, but they will, I promise you. The body's an incredible tool, it's an incredible machine, right? If you allow it time to learn, it can learn anything you want to teach it. I don't care who you are, I don't care how old or how young you are. Anyone can learn anything if they just allow themselves enough time to learn yeah. it, you yeah. know? And so it's, it's an interesting thing. So with that, I've looked at every tool, everything that I've used, just kind of take it in, man, and put it together. And what's been the best of this one? Okay, let's include that here. How can this help everything else that I'm doing? And 
you know, it's just like creating kind of like a hodgepodge of things where we get to play. We get to play with all kinds of tools. And the steel mace is one of my favorite tools to play with. Yeah, you know, because yeah, we talk I've about primal. This is literally going back primal without worrying about lifting a thousand pounds. There you go. You know, and I love that. I love the idea of taking a club, for example, that's five pounds, putting it in somebody's hands and absolutely destroy them with a workout with a five pound club. And they're like, how is this possible? Simple. <laughs> you using muscles in ways that you've never done before. You know, your body's having to work extra hard and so is your mind trying to figure out how to actually utilize this. That's fantastic to me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that too, because I think that's the number one thing that people get drawn off by still mace because it's 10 pounds. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, most coaches will tell you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most coaches will be like, no, you should start at 10 pounds. Cause you know, you got to work up to it, but they're like, nah, I bench press like, you know, a hundred and something or 200, like 10 pounds. And they yeah. never believe you. They never believe yeah. you. Well, you know what's funny? If anything, I actually tell them they should start lighter. You know, and they think I'm crazy until I actually put one in their hands and then make them swing it, right? And so when they're realizing how hard they're having to work to just control a seven pound club or seven and a half or a 10 pounder or whatever, that's when it kind of like starts registering that, okay, maybe there's something to this. But so also what was interesting about this though, what that found is one of the things that stops most people from actually trying the mace and working on that is their ego. You know, they think yeah. that, well, this isn't enough. I'm such and such and I, whatever. And they don't want to get challenged because, you know, when they think that I can bench press blank and then you hand them a 10 pound mace and it kicks their asses, they don't exactly want to come back and do that again because it's embarrassing. It's a challenge yeah. to their ego. So if you can find a way to be able to get someone to like put your ego in your back pocket, don't worry about that. Let me show you something and make it exciting and fun for them. That's when it gets to be like, okay, yeah, I want to come and try this again. You know, because I mean, I, I deal with that on a constant basis, right? I get people from all different types come in here and they see the mace. And of course, everyone wants to pick up a mace and swing it because they saw me swinging it. They're like, oh, yeah. you make that look easy. So I want to try it too. And I'm like, mm, let's not try that. So what I'll do instead is I'll give them something that I know they can do. That's still going to challenge them, but they can do it. And when they do it, they go, holy crap, this is a lot harder than I thought it would be. But because they're able to do it, they kind of get excited about coming back and trying again. Mm -hmm. And so now they want to try the next thing and the next thing. And they always refer to, I want to do that thing that you do. I'm like, we'll get you there, but first let's master this. And then we're able to keep them going and keep them coming back and working with it basically and continuing on. That's been really my secret to being able to get people to pick up a mace and keep swinging and get like the love and excitement behind it, you know? Well, thank you for sharing your secret. That's a wonderful mm, secret for not, the listeners. Not a secret anymore, is it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, that's really interesting. And, and I'm glad you mentioned the ego thing. I mean, I think every trainer has struggled with someone just being a little negative. And I think a lot of people think it's martial arts because they see flow. I think that's the most popular right. system. So they think it's martial arts and they, they, I feel like they feel intimidated by that too. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I think, you know, so what's interesting, right? I mean, so besides still Mace Flow, you know, I'm Mace Fit certified, you know, um, on it and all the different. So I have so many different, again, because I like the idea of having more than one, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah. 
it, it, being able to take all of that and put it all together has been fantastic. So, you know, using the Mace Fit system, for example, to be able to take someone and progress them to clubs and then arcs and then maces, you know, to really get them to try all kinds of different things. But then incorporating that with like the movements and the way that I do things has been really instrumental in getting people to try everything. And then I take all of that and put some mace flow in between. And they don't know which is which. They just know that no matter what it is that I'm going to present to them, is going to challenge them, is going to tire the crap out of them, and is going to make them better. So they go for it, you know, and it's kind of cool. So like, it, it, I, I think I sit back and I watch a lot of what goes on within the community. And sometimes I scratch my head because I'm like, do you guys not understand that we're all doing the same exact thing? Yeah. Yep. You know, it's just the approach is different because the people that we're dealing with are different. I have a 92 year old client. Do you think I'm trying to make them as strong as possible and trying to get them to be able to swing a 50 pound, you know, mace around their head? Do you think they give a damn about that? <laughs> Absolutely not. At 92, the only thing she's concerned about is being able to get up and do the things that she needs to do around the house, right? Being able to be strong enough to be able to be independent and not worry about anybody else taking care of her. That's what drives her. Yeah. So working with her, when I'm putting a club or a mace in her hand, I'm not worried about her being able to do 360s and 10 to 2s and all the other things or whatever with it. I'm simply worried about making sure that she can actually use this in a way that's going to make her move better. And oh yeah, it happens to be fun as hell for her when I do that. So, you know, <laughs> it's not a workout at that point. It's just us playing, you know? And that's really the biggest key for me, right? Is just being able to meet people where they are and give them what they need when it comes to that. So they can have fun and enjoy and continue coming back over and over and over and over again. Yeah. If I do something that, yes, it's challenging for them, but it like challenges them so much that they're not willing to return and continue. How am I serving them? Right. You're not, kind of you're not if they don't come back <laughs> exactly yeah so right on man look that i you know so far i've been quiet <laughs> because i'm just like this guy has so much to say so much experience i love it i love it well i mean honestly thank you thank you for for sharing your story a little bit of it and um, let's let's say someone's looking for you. They want to work with you. Let's talk a little bit about like the services you offer and then like where they can find you. Um, okay, so there's a few ways people can work with me. Those that are local to me, they can literally come into the gym and obviously work here. Um, I offer three different levels of service. We do private training. So it's specific and customized to them. Semi-private, same idea, just happens to be working with groups of two up to four. And then we have our small group training, which is also private training. It just happens to be in groups of six up to 10 that we work together with, right? Um, everything is customized. We don't do anything cookie cutter here. So every person that comes here, we go through a specific thorough assessment to figure out where they're at, what their needs are, and what it is that we can do for them. And if they find that we are the right fit and you know we continue, we go from there, then we'll customize their package for them based on what their needs are and go forward from there. Then also have my remote program, right? For those that can't actually come and be physically here, they still want to work with me. I take exactly the same approach with them that I do with my in-house clients, right? We go through a complete thorough assessment. We measure out everything. We see where they're at. We customize what we're doing for them and get them going. So even on those, we can do it kind of like, um, you know, it's again, it's customized to them. So it's not a cookie cutter here. Everybody gets the same, you know, program type of thing, which is really neat. You know, it's kind of different and right. unique. And what's cool is no matter where they are, no matter what their fitness level is, I'm going to challenge them in ways that they don't expect, you know, 
Of course you are. I'm doing things where they're just standing still. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> your lion's strong, so. man. Your logo has a lion on it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, your website. Yeah. website well, Facebook. the idea is, you know, and and so, yes, website is getlionstrong.com. So they can either spell it the correct way, which is L-Y-O-N strong.com or they can spell it l-i-o-n strong and they'll still find me so you know i have them both um now on facebook it's at getlionstrong.com uh i get lion strong sorry and instagram is the same you know i get lion strong and on twitter it's also i get lion strong um, all right so you yeah, got a twitter cool. you got it all yeah. man no it's funny i've had a twitter when twitter first started i never used the damn thing but I, apparently i have a pretty big following on twitter so you know, <laughs> i'm always, I'm always it posting <laughs> so, it worked out so. right on all yeah. right well thank you so much for being on the podcast i i already have an idea of what i'm gonna call this podcast like what i'm gonna title it it's definitely gonna Ooh. have the word playground in it playground for okay. sure all right well, thank well you. I'm excited to hear this, you know, I mean, thank you so much for having me on and, and really allowing me to share my story. So I appreciate that. Right on. Okay. Well, may the universe always flow with you. Thank you. And with you too. <laughs>